Good morning to everybody, all the businesses that are tuned in also um, on a Saturday that are trading. I know the Gloss Studio is trading right now, and pretty much more of you will be trading. I think Night Shield Security also is trading right now. Got some guys out there. Good morning to everybody. Good morning to everyone. Good morning, Pastor Mika and, um, and the Basketball Nation and the Elite Family. So let me greet the families this morning. Let me greet the Connect family and Pastor Shadia and the rest of her team. Good morning to you. Let me greet the um, Powerbase family, Pastor Dami and Pastor Tolu and the rest of their team. Let me greet the uh, COD Wealth family, Pastor Toby Jr. and his team, Pastor Enrique and the rest of the guys. Let me greet the um, Life family, Pastor Ndidi and her team. Who else? Banking family also, greetings to you this morning. That's Pastor Abba and Sharif. I saw Sharif drive off yesterday. It was so funny. Not yesterday, Thursday. From, from uh, Thursday service in a motorbike. It was so funny. It's like his leader was driving off, then the motorbike was right behind. I'm thinking, what? I remember when Pastor Ebo used to ride, and um, PT banned him from um, riding bikes because he said it's, it's dangerous. The nation evolves so quickly, isn't it? Now it's cool, it's fine to ride bikes. I wonder what else will become, um, will be passed as a green light situation very soon. So, good morning to the banking family. And, of course, the rest of their office in Tolworth, I believe, or in Kingston, uh, wherever they're based. Um, I'm here, joined in the studio, the Gold House, with some other leaders, Pastor Alex of the Limitless family, Pastor Dr. Emma of the House of Medics family, and I believe Pastor Kevin is with PT, wherever they are today, um, doing the usual work of the nation, visiting other initiatives, projects, and uh, friends of this nation. So I, I, I believe I've covered all the greetings. If there's any other family that I may have missed out, I thought I greeted the elite family, no? The elite prosperity family, of course. Good morning to you. That's Pastor Nikki. Um, Pastor Chris Moore is here and the rest of the team. It's, it is a toasting moment in the nation. I, I'll agree with you. Okay? You're proud of me, yeah? Yeah. It's a toasting moment in this nation as we celebrate the birthday of very special people around us. Um, the happy birthday to Reverend Dapo. Uh, happy birthday to you, sir. Uh, happy birthday to um, who else again? I, I know. Just you go, don't just land on peace, Sam. Man. Come on, man. Aha! Uh -huh. uh -huh. Happy birthday to Precious. And uh, if you don't know who Precious is, then you've not been in the nation since 2020, I think. Huh? Yeah, you came in 18, but we didn't know you when you came. Um, you started talking for us when? 2020, 2019. Yeah, Precious the Poet. Come on, that's how the nation knows you. <laughs> don't know you from Kingdom Castle. We don't, we don't know anyone in Kingdom Castle unless Pastor Wesley allows them to come out. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, I'm just playing. <laughs> so, yeah, good, happy birthday to um, Minister. Minister Precious, happy birthday to you. Aha, happy birthday to Minister Shewa. Also, she is seven, 17, so young. And a happy birthday, of course, to Dr. Sandra, my Bible reader here, 
And I just said to her, it's so good to have your birthday and look younger, right? On your birthday. Isn't it? You know, this, you can't, can't age gracefully is a nation thing. Aging gracefully. I think people want to see what you look like. Look, come, come stand there. You know it's serious. Once the ladies do their hair, the straight stuff, and then they always make sure there's one part of the hair here, then the other one will go here. You know that things are going on. Things are, there's someone they want attention, but they don't want their leader to know that they're attentioning some guy or some lady. Look at her. That's just amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> from Tulsa Hill. That's from Tulsa Hill days. Me, Sandra, um, Pastor Binta. You know, Binta, I was looking at you the other day and I was like, wow, we've really come a long way. Because I remember how we were in Tulsa Hill. Eben, Eben's doing the thing also. You know, I'm telling you, I've, I have been studying the female species. And I can tell you certain things. Once the hair, one part is here and the other part is there, they are tensioning someone. They're letting someone know your guy. If it's a guy, they're letting him know, guy, you're dulling. You're dulling. If you wake up tomorrow, I'm off the market, you know. Be careful. Then they're letting other ladies know, see, your face doesn't, it can't. <laughs> uh... And of course, a happy birthday to my twin brother, Pastor Sam. Happy birthday to you, sir, a senior pastor of the nation family. And I said to him, for 24 hours only, you will be more popular than seven. So use it as well as you can. And you know all your soldiers are sending you greeting now. Trust me, 24 hours later, it's back to seven show. It's been seven show for ages and it's going to be seven show for a very long time so bro use your 24 hours very well um, the reason why i said my twin brother i think we weirdly do things together at the same time i don't know how me and Sam do those things though always end up matching in something um without planning and um we had a few introductory drinks and Toasts. See what I did there? Uh, yesterday, but I have received the invite, private members club invite in an unknown location to celebrate Pastor Sam's birthday today. If you didn't get the invite, which I'm supposing 99.9% .9 of you <laughs> didn't receive, he still loves you. He's still your senior pastor. He still represents you. But we as the 1% will go on your behalf and celebrate um, Pastor Sam's birthday. I'm looking very much forward to that. I also want to greet this morning Pastor Lucy and the HQ as usual, just to greet the team at the HQ and the awesome work that we do. For the first time ever, I was so proud of myself yesterday because I was able to... Um, you know, Pastor Nyasha is so composed and poised and I don't think there's anything in serving that rocks her. But I was able to rock her yesterday with a very big bottle of, El um, of Ribena. 
that was being poured out for Pastor she just kept on complaining, why is the bottle so big? Uh, uh, is it meant to be small? Why is it so big? Why is it so big? I was happy just to see that, okay, you're still training in something now. Because her team, your team is looking crazy whenever we do events. Once I see all of them in blacks, they're just letting you know this is excellence. You've not seen excellence before. Well done to you, though. So again, as I say, welcome to this installment of um, our leadership class titled Eureka. And I don't know if any of you guys know where Eureka came from. Um, for those of you who are um, readers and, and researchers, you may have heard the word Eureka before. Anyone in the studio heard the word Eureka? Apart from Dr. Emma, please. Hand, hands up if you've heard the word Eureka before. Ty, Ty said, I've, I've heard of this. <laughs> Why do you have to look into the sun? Like, it's such a moment. It's like a movie. I have heard of this word. <laughs> no, you probably have. It's, um, it's an expression, I believe, um, that came from a moment with Archimedes. I think it was Archimedes that um, discovered that the king's uh, crown was not made of pure gold because it was something he was um, pondering on. Um, but when he figured out the science that the king's crown was not made of pure gold, he exclaimed, Eureka, meaning, I have it. It's, it's a word that was first coined from discovery. So when you discovered something, Eureka, discovery. Um, and the story says that he ran naked in the streets because he was so um, excited and surprised as to what he discovered. But So I, we've titled that this morning's leadership class, because I think the words of the last two days have been extremely, extremely profound. And I don't know if you're like me, but the, the words of the last two days have probably brought you into a new realization of yourself. Better realization of certain qualities and certain um, um, discoveries that you should press into. Uh, what the word does is the word makes you bolder also. The word makes you bolder to do certain things that you weren't able to do before. So it is right for you to say this morning, wherever you're tuned in from watching the leadership class, it's a eureka moment in the last two days. So I, I'm hearing this word and I'm just saying to myself, I wish... I knew PT at eight years old. How, did any of you feel like that, though? Or have any of you ever felt like that? I wish I heard this word at eight. I wish I was able to make myself bold against the cultures of church that were presented to us that were just men's culture. Many things that were presented to us as if our salvation depended on it, and they don't. <laughs> I think we're in a situation of protect this man at all costs. That's PT. 
Because he's really spoiling the markets for people, though. <laughs> he's spoiling the market. In the third world, starting a church is like starting a, a pharmacy. It's like starting a logistics company. I'm telling you, pack. Someone does not, it, they don't start church because of a spiritual realization. It's like, guy, how are we going to eat? Let's start a church. It's a hustle. Raph, it's a hustle, I'm telling you. You have this person who has not been to school. He's not finished GCSE. He's not finished primary school. But he's going to open up the Bible and give you instructions. And because of culture and spirituality, you're going to listen to this person. So no wonder we have doctors there that are illiterate. It's possible to have illiterate medical professionals. So in my house, and I'll tell you how strong this thing is. Even in the house of the educated, it rains. It's so strong. My dad is a diplomat. I went to international schools. I went to American schools. And I was sharing this last night. I went to American schools. I went to international schools. They, they taught us American culture and American mind. So whenever I came home and met the God stuff, I was so confused. But you can just tell an unrefined PO, I was my mom's greatest enemy. Almost like an antichrist child. Like a pastor's preaching on TV, and I'm laughing. This is a particular guy who was always come on, and my mom would take notes, and I'll say, You really believe what this man is saying? <laughs> I remember touching down Nigeria for the first time. I think I was 10 years old or so, or nine. And in their culture there, they have these things called masquerades. You're supposed to be afraid of them. Masquerade day. It's a guy wearing a costume and he runs around with uh, sticks and beats people and stuff. But because I'm coming from a, an American culture, and I've been to, I grew up to experience the carnival. Nini, what's up? I've not even done anything mad. I'm just explaining my background and my childhood. I grew up in Guyana. It's, it's like a Caribbean but South American culture. So they always do carnival. And people wear costumes and walk on the streets and, and dance and things like that. So I grew up knowing about carnival. Then I get there and I'm seeing these guys also wearing stuff and walking the streets. And I said, wow, look at their costumes. They're so beautiful. And I remember my uncle saying, what are you saying? These guys are evil. They'll beat you. And I, was, I did not understand what you were saying. So I just walked out to them and stuck out my hand. I said, hey, I think it was an awkward moment between me and the masquerade because him too was like, oh, shoot. Nobody's ever done this before. Uh, okay, just shake his hand. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah, he just went. Never had to run from those stuff because I just thought it was like celebration things. I'm just letting you know that education, education 
Meaning whoever your teacher is, whatever you've been taught, plays the utmost importance in your life. It decides how you're going to behave and that's the story of the nurture and the nature that PT was speaking about for the past two days. For the past two days that you have to understand that you behave certain way because of certain things you've been taught. It's not necessarily that those things are correct and right. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know where PT is going, man. That's, that's a bit mad, though. So I saw things in the church that I couldn't be brought along with, like Pastor Sam was saying. I never understood why witches are bad. Because in the culture I was taught when I was in Guyana, when I was in Atlanta, we celebrated Halloween. I grew up celebrating Halloween. Like, I can't wait for, what's the date again? 13th of October, I can't wait. And I'm planning my costume, a mad stuff. And I'm buying candy. And I'm going trick-or-treating. Until my parents became born again. Then they <laughs> had to break it to me that, no, you can't do this thing anymore. I used to love it. And of course, still some of us now, with some um, religion still and things now, that's still a hard one, isn't it? Like, whoa, P.O. I get all this breaking out of um, religion, but Halloween is bad. <laughs> You know why they used to kill witches? Witches were actually scientists. Go and do your research. Witches were scientists. They were people who used to experiment and come up with new drugs and new types of healing stuff and all these things. And because of science, the church at the time started to burn them. Because the church didn't understand science. And that's even here in the UK. There's so many things that confuse me. Things like, if you see money on the floor, don't pick it up because you're going to turn into a yam. And I grew up picking up, like, you know how mad that one is, guys. You grow up in America and they told me it's good luck. You see a quarter on the floor? Pick up the quarter. I'm telling you, that's what they told me. That, Yo, son, you see a quarter on the floor, you pick up the quarter. I, so I used to pick up the quarter. Pour it into a wishing well and make a wish. <laughs> so, so you can understand me in my parents' house now. I'm like, it's like, this boy, you're really a headache sometimes. But then I went to another place and this, I saw money on the floor and my cousin said, ah, what are you doing? I said, I'm just, I just seen some money on the floor, I just want to pick it up. He said, no, 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 no. You will turn into a yam. <laughs> and that thing baffled me like, wow, what a great human discovery. So human beings can turn to yam. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Isn't this a moment of marvel? 
in the human race, should we not grab that human, like Pastor Sam was saying yesterday, and we should do like X-Men and, and experiment on his cells? Because he's, he's, he's done something amazing. <laughs> he's broken the boundary of evolution. And then one of the... Listen, me going to primary school in Nigeria was the hardest thing. I'm, remember, I've just left three international schools, American schools. Now, my parents said, listen, we want you to meet your sisters in the UK, but we're going to have to stop off in Nigeria for a year. And I'm thinking, okay, a year free fun. They said, no, you're going to go to school. Let me tell you guys something. That was the most confusing time in my whole childhood. Because I'm in a class with kids that are telling me that their auntie turned to a goat. So most of the time, so I was just curious. You know, Americans teach you to be curious. They want you to adventure. So I had to say to the boy, his name was Uche. <laughs> I said, um, Uche, um, where is she right now? Said, well, what do you mean? Because I want to know, did you guys chain her? Is she still in the house? Let me come over. I just want to come over and see the auntie. Then another person said, um, I'm telling you all, this money thing is real low. You turn to Yamo. And I said, okay. You see, so I, because I still had the American accent, so I used to get bullied a lot in school. Even when I came to the UK, I still had that, so I used to get bullied a lot. Um, but hey, just talk. They'll just tell you to talk so you can say American stuff. So I said, have you guys ever cut the yam? Did it, did it bleed? And there's no answer. So I was more confused. Like, going to school for one year was peak, like Elo would say, because I'm so baffled. <laughs> but I'm telling you, the president of that country believes it. He believes that if he picks up money from the floor, he will turn to um, a yam. <laughs> That's the president. We're living in a, in a world there where I saw a video from that world. You guys may have not seen this video. The woman said she slept with a rich man. Then she's turned to goat. Her leg became goat. Her top, so she became a centurion or centaur. What do they call them in Greek? Centaur. She had goat legs and goat tail. Is this not a thing of marvel? Anais, if you got a goat leg and a goat tail, will you not stand up and say, wow, and do like this with your leg? You even come to goat house with your goat leg and say, come and race me. Let me show you guys that I have now evolved. That's Greek mythology. Thank you, Pastor Mika. The funniest thing about the video is all the aunties that were surrounding the goat woman like this, crying, and they're just looking at her. And she's, she too is like this. And she's just wagging, she's just wagging the tail. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm saying to myself, if your tail, if your goat's tail is wagging, that means you're happy. You're happy about your situation. Why are you pretending that you slept with this man that you turned to half goat? You're actually excited about the whole thing. The tail was wagging. 
is giving Nickelodeon. I'm telling you, this is Nickelodeon at its finest. Now tell me who's more crazy. The woman who comes to the church with the goat's leg or the pastor that sees her and says, you have a goat spirit in you. Someone is, madness is breaking out. It's wild. I'm telling you, Nickelodeon is wild. <laughs> I heard testimonies from the culture of, if you're not careful, and you sleep with a spirit, going to give birth to coconut. Is this not a thing of marvel, guys? Should she not start a coconut business and factory? And without paying, without having to buy coconut, you just be producing, bah, 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 be producing, and you will make great profit. This, is our, this should be our breakthrough into the nations. We're joking, and I was saying to um, PT that myself and Pastor Bundles were forced to go to a prayer program. In the prayer program, the man goes, some of you swam here from Nigeria to the UK. Come out. Is that not Dragon Ball Z? Is that not Naruto? Is that not Digimon or Pokemon? I'm telling you, that's a superhuman. We're supposed to hold his hand and say, you, come here. And experiment on his cells. He has the power to swim from... <laughs> and, you're, and, it's, and you think it's a problem, sir? <laughs> we don't win Olympics. <laughs> the one black man I saw swim in Olympics... It was so sad and belittling that day. Yes, Charlie and William, you can laugh. It's, it's not in our blood to swim. So these ones, they told us swim from Nigeria to UK. We should have captured him and forced him to go to Olympics for us. Because the last black man that did Olympics swimming, do you remember what happened to him? Hey, you guys don't remember. Everybody finished swimming. This man was still in the pool. And he was struggling. The crowd started clapping for him. You know when people start clapping for you? <laughs> it's just motivation. Don't die or just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. He couldn't swim. He was just doing that. It was embarrassing. Meanwhile, Michael Phelps has just done like, like, a, like a mermaid up and down. And we're hiding our uncle that came out for altar call. Why? We're supposed to capture him and tell him, do the work you were called to do in this world. <laughs> Go and represent the nations. <laughs> oh. You guys are talking about X-Men. X-Men exist in Nigeria. X-Men. If you want to meet Magneto or Wolverine, you think I'm playing? There is someone right now with Wolverine's problem in your village. I'm telling you. <laughs> you see Wolverine's issue. <laughs> There's someone in your village with Wolverine's issue. He just doesn't want to come out. He just doesn't want to come out and say, he's scared. They're going to burn him. 
Thank you. See, Pastor Mika is even exposing it more. Storm. Storm is storm not one of your aunties. That makes rain fall and, and snow come. Storm is in your village. The auntie that you guys used to run from that she can make it rain anytime. Isn't this storm? <laughs> we have <laughs> relatives that read your mind. <laughs> Professor Xavier. <laughs> guys don't understand. We have skill and talent in Africa. We're caging it because of religion. Freedom. <laughs> there's, there's, there's someone here. This auditorium who is growing feathers from his armpit. That is Archangel. Leave him alone. Let him be himself. Let him be himself. Let him evolve to a full angel or chicken, whichever one he decides he really is. We will never know what he really is unless we, <laughs> unless we um, practice. Uh, what's that thing they practice for black people? Um, Black Lives Matter, unless we practice um, Feathers Life Matter, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> let my people go. <laughs> uh, we want to let them go, but it's just like the church don't want them to be let f set free. Free the mutants, I say. Yes, Pastor Faith. But I'm just saying that we're educated on so many things to make it look like a madness, but it don't even exist, though. And the scariest part is the people that teach that this thing exists, that this thing is there. Don't eat in your dream. Oh. Do you know, yeah, let me tell you something. There was a time we were fasting. And I had a, a madness dream. It was a mad... <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> we were fasting. I never shared this with you guys at the time because I thought, ha, these guys will say you've gone, you know, and then they'll demote you from Paul's leadership. And I had a madness dream. In this dream, imagine, the, the least likeliest people that should be in the dream is P.T., and he just brought bare food. So I just thought, you know what? <laughs> I just said, you know what? And I'm not... Have you ever had a food dream that you can taste the food? The pounded yam was a mad thing. And I could take... I've never had this experience before. It's actually something to brag about. But because of the church, I kept the dream to myself. Because I was going to say, listen, guys. Have you ever had a dream where you can taste the food? I could taste this thing. It was so sweet. And I woke up and I didn't, wasn't hungry. So what's so bad about food dream? <laughs> food dream is a skill. We're supposed to go to poor villages and teach them how to have food dreams. So you wake up belly full. Uh, just, I had dim sum last night. <laughs> Spiritual foods kept me going that's right it did 
But somewhere, somehow, there's someone saying and teaching, don't have a food dream. It will derail you. So we really need to come out of so many teachings and that's why it's so hard to have the born again experience. It's so hard. Not anyone is born again. Not anyone, not everyone because you might say you're born again but there still might be something there that still holds you down. Because of what was taught previously. So the greatest challenge Jesus had was teaching them about this born-again experience. And what PT has been speaking about with the born-again experience is you, must you can only have a born-again experience if you have a teacher. The teacher is the man that raised Adam from the dust, born-again. The teacher is the man that raised Christ from the dead, born again. It has to be a knowledge thing. That if I'm able to re-educate myself in the right and proper things, teach myself to be bold when I'm supposed to be fearful. Because you see, kids always have this issue of wanting to touch the fire. They want to touch the fire. Why? Because they've not yet known the repercussion of the fire. They've not yet been taught what it does. He's bold. He puts his finger in the flame. And of course, the flame is going to harm him. But I'm just saying that without the education of you will be hurt, you won't know something is harmful. So sometimes we became fearful about things because of what we were taught. We stopped speaking to certain people because a culture that taught courtesy beyond courtesy, you taught, they taught courtesy to the point where it became slavery. Any little thing. Oh, sorry, sorry, my thing. You'd be saying sorry for stuff you've not done. And that's, I'm sharing that because that's the reason why I used to get into trouble a lot. I was in two worlds. And in one world, they're just telling me to be bold and go for it. And in the other world, they're saying, but did you ask permission? And I'm like, but <laughs> which one am I going to do? Do you know that if you have no money today or if you are in debt of a hundred thousand pounds, you will not die? If the teacher taught you that you don't go to jail for borrowing money, how much will you borrow? So it just means that somewhere at the back of your head, there's a teaching telling you that don't do this. <laughs> oh. Realization. The epiphany moment of knowledge that allows you to be bigger than you are. It's going to teach a, take a teaching. But the born again experience is telling you that you're going to have to teach yourself out of your situation 
that you're currently in. So Pastor Sam said something very awesome before PT came up. Some of you don't realize that you becoming rich is just a point of realization. It's just a point of knowledge grabbing. It's just the point where you decided I'm not going to be courteous about a situation that is clearly a problem. Why do I give so much respect to my lack of finances? Why am I so polite to my bank account? You're checking your account every morning. Nothing's going to change. But if you go and have a period or moment of boldness, something will change within it. So it's all going to be down to what you've been taught, guys. And the moments where you decided to realize and become bold. So the light of the word, the role of the word is to give you, shed light in areas of your life that is dark. If you're a football agent or a football agent person, if you turn up to a football match and aim to go and meet the coach of the other club, what is the worst that will happen to you? Nothing. But fear confines you to your house to watch them behind the TV. But you see these fears, these fears are learned things over time. You learn your fears, guys. You don't wait, you're not born fearful. You learn fears over time. You learn, I don't want to do this. And sometimes you don't even don't do it because you've experienced anything mad. It's just what you've been taught. You've just been taught that I have to respect everybody that is an old person, even if they're a fool. I can be courteous to them because of their age, but respect means I'm going to listen to you. Respect also means that I'm going to hold you in a certain esteem. I can be courteous and greet you and stuff, but it does not mean that I'm going to respect your lifestyle. Because we, are, we absorb those things from culture and from background. We absorb things that made us less than what we're supposed to be. Gods in this world. And those of us that broke the boundaries to be greater are those of us that broke out of certain learning that kept us as subservient. So if you want the word of God to work for you in your life, you need eureka moments. Moments of realization, guys. Moments of discovery where you realize that something is not a bondage to you, but it's actually your rising. Hey. Moments where you actually clocked that I actually realized that this thing is not a problem. It's an opportunity. So PT will always say those things that problems present business opportunity. They present business. And it's correct. But our teaching so far from where we came from taught us that problems present, it, when you see a problem, it presents um, opportunities to be afraid. 
instead of opportunities to be bold. That's why I was joking with the church thing, but I'm just trying to say in a very cheeky way, if the man can swim across the Atlantic, guys, this is not a problem. <laughs> it's not an issue. What we lost was our ability to be curious. And the men that kept the ability to be curious, they were the men that remained in their nature. They, they refused to be nurtured by the principles of this world. They remained curious. Curious enough to go find out what happens after a certain point. You know, we used to think the world was flat. And it's men that decided to go and journey the world to see if they will fall off the edge of a flat world. To see what will happen if I come towards the border of where you guys say everything stops. Let me journey there and see. And then it turns out that there's no border there. There's no barrier. It turns out they just continue to journey. Then they find America. So, where we were taught from, we just stayed in our, in our area where we know. And we continued this knowing and this teaching even when we come to the UK. So, you have the roadman them and they just live in Beckton their whole life. They've never been to Park Lane. I remember the time where we took one of, one of the guys to the Dorchester and he couldn't use a knife and fork. It's almost like an, a moment you want to cry. Like, forget going to another country. You've not even been out of Beckton. Then you're taught to protect a, a postcode that you gain nothing from. <laughs> Imagine protecting the postcode. You don't gain anything from the postcode. Government are not paying you for your security or protection of this postcode. You guys are meant to be the real MPs because you guys really love your borough. <laughs> you lot are the only one taking lives for your borough. <laughs> the politicians are not even doing that. So, these teachings keep us in a certain state. But take me to my, my first scripture. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2 in the message translation. Thank you. God delights in concealing things. Uh -huh. Scientists delight in discovering things. Wow. I need you to underline that scripture. And I need you to save it. It said, God delights in concealing things. Then it says, scientists delight in discovering things. Are we both seeing the same word scientists here? So, if the world comes out of having pastors 
and produces an Albert Einstein. Scientists delight in discovering things. Scientists are people who discover. So if we go through scripture, we can point out so many scientists. The place where scripture and, and science collide in, is in the discovery of things. So don't say that, oh, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God. And neither should you say, I'm a believer, so I don't believe in science. When both approve each other because of something called the ability to discover. The role of God is to hide things. So another word for concealing is to hide. Is to make it not obvious. But it's a hide and seek game between God and his creation. It's a hide and seek game between him and you saying, hey, I've, I've hidden some stuff. I just want to see if you can discover it. Not dull yourself. That's why I said if the uncle is swimming across the Atlantic. We've discovered a marvel. If we do church to the place where we discover house of medics or we discover love house or we discover gold house, it means that scientists have discovered something. So like Adam, God puts you in the role of a scientist. Adam was a scientist. So the first thing I would want to say to any atheist is, I believe in science. Because Adam was a scientist. He discovered things. The first thing I would say to an atheist is that I believe in science because Moses discovered things. And I can mention many people in scripture that also discovered things. Joseph discovered how to save the economy of Egypt. He's a scientist. Joseph is called a political economic scientist. What the word does is the word sets a standard of something and allows man to catch up to it. Miracles were only there for you to realize what you can discover. So if Christ walked on water, he's just saying build better ships. I'm not asking you to now remove your uh, shoe and start walking on water. There's a guy's story of a man that tried to walk on the Thames and he's no more. He's no more. Wanting to test miracles in the word. <laughs> what about the pastor that woke up and said, this COVID-19, I'm going to journey to go and fight the COVID in the name of Jesus. Then he went to China. This man decided to go to China in the midst of COVID, like the, the highest concentration. He was brought back in a hearse. As in his funeral was held days later. It was so funny because when he came back, he was so skinny and just breathing so mad. And his members were like, ah, you said that you're going to fight COVID now. The COVID thing took him out. <laughs> it's not a zone for pastors. It's a zone for scientists. So, if we're going to take things and continue as we're doing in the, in the, 
in the culture of the nation, in taking things to the next level, we have to be very comfortable with our role in discovery. Go ahead. What do you want to read? Scientist definition. Uh-huh. A scientist is someone who systematically gathers and uses research and evidence to make hypotheses and test them to gain and share understanding and knowledge. Thank you. So now you have the um, definition of scientist here. But what I love about this is it says a scientist is someone who systematically gathers and uses research and evidence, meaning he gathers so much knowledge. He acquires information and knowledge. He puts it together. He creates research to do what? To test. So I can only move ahead in my finances if I've tried something. Let me explain that to you. If you don't try based on certain research, you've come up with something and something is in your heart is saying, if you do this and do this and do this, you will hit 10K. If you don't test that, you won't make that money or you won't get close to making that money. Those who made money, millions, billions, hundreds of thousands, it was trial and error. It was not an anointing. It is impossible to anoint someone to be a billionaire. You can lay hands over someone to tell them that, listen, you're called into that space because there's already something in their heart that they're a scientist for finances. Do you get what I'm saying? There are financial scientists amongst you. Those of you who like to take risk to make hypotheses and test them. Some of you don't have the, the, the boldness to. So stop praying about being a billionaire. Just accept that you're on 1K. Just accept it. Not every day we'll be mobilizing. No, I'm not going to start mobilizing you on Saturday. I just want to appeal to those who are financial scientists. They, they are used to risk of research. They are used to the risk of, of systematic borrowing of evidence gathering they're used to it so they put themselves in situations with money because they're trying to test something and get something then guess what they keep on playing with money till unbelievably they stumble into 100k then they're like oh this this works though if i add 10 people and i do this and do this i get 100k then they keep on playing with it then they keep on refining their theory playing with the things that you're afraid to play with. Scientists that play with chemicals but scientists that play with money till they stumble into something. That's how the medical world grew. The experimenting of, of and till now it's still the same thing, right? Experiment, experimenting with um, cultures, whether um, animals or plants, and playing with them with chemicals to find um, the results of something else. But they're bold enough to. 
Some of you are not bold enough to play over a mouse or a rat. Some of you will know where to start, but these guys are bold enough to. You know when you watch some of these movies, you can tell the craziest scientist is the guy that he doesn't forget the rats and the mouse. He takes the chemical and he jabs himself. He just goes, yeah. You watch Marvel stuff, isn't it? That's how I watch Morbius. Have you watched Morbius? It's such a nice, good movie. Morbius? You need to watch Morbius, guys. The bat guy, vampire guy. And then he's, he's looking for a cure for a condition and he just allows the bats to bite him. They said that the same thing with Spider-Man. They said the spider bit him. That's how it started. That's just the, the, the story. But I'm just saying that scientists are extremely experimental with knowledge. I'm willing to test knowledge by playing with it in certain situations to get a result that they've not seen before or that they're hoping for. Take me to the next scripture, though. I need to start rounding up. Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 8. Mm-hmm. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Mm. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him on the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Look at this. This is so interesting. So look at another scientist here. Don't lose me now. The main verse here that you want to underline is the verse 10. It tells you a little bit more about Abraham. So that you're not looking at him as a religious figure. Let's bring him down to our level. Let's bring him down to size. Why is Abraham so important in modern culture today? Because the Bible is thousands of years old. I don't even know why we still read it. (laughs) Thousands of years old. It doesn't even appeal to today's culture. But... It is the compendium of God's thoughts, meaning that there are, there are concealed matters here. There are concealed matters in the Bible for scientists to search out. Look what it says about Abraham. It says, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. He was trying to discover something. Abraham was a scientist. When he says he was looking forward to, this is, this is discovery. So, let's not spiritualize this. Abraham left his father's house because he was curious. If we start to remove some parts of this, the Bible, let me just, not that I'm removing, eradicating, let's just look at it in a different way. Abraham leaves his dad's house because he's curious. He wants to discover something new. He doesn't want to be bound to the postcode. He doesn't want to be from whatever place. He's not a postcode warrior. So he decides to finally leave his dad's house and find something else. The moment Abraham takes the moment of discovery, the journey of discovery, he has to be given a teacher. 
That's where his relationship with God begins. Because unless you're going to come out of what you don't know and be taught something else, there's no need for God. Because you will be in the state of nurture, meaning that you can be taught by your environment. You know that you can be born and live life and you don't need God, right? Your mom can teach you how to do stuff. Your dad can teach you. You can then go to school. Your best friend in school will teach you some more things. By the time you get to university, you've become a person. The person you've become is because you have met so many people up until uni that have taught you different things and you do those different things because that's how you were taught. You don't understand that the relationship between God and man, which is a teaching relationship, you believe that you're a Christian, but you're not. You believe you're, you're a believer, but you're not. You are a product of those who have taught you. They're your God. Auntie, uncle, whoever it was, whoever taught you how to approach the situation of only having a hundred pounds remains your financial instructor. Whoever taught you how to behave when it comes to mobilization remains your financial instructor. So you kind of have to go through your life and start checking those who taught you what. He was looking forward to the city whose foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Meaning, I, I'm sick and tired of the environment I've been in. There has to be something else. Did God come down from the sky and begin to build? No. Abraham wanted to build whatever he was in his heart. He was indicted to build in his heart. Whatever he was incited to build. So imagine the moment you become an exceptional businessman is the day you stop following the pattern of Mark Zuckerberg. Because Zuckerberg did not follow the pattern of MSN. If he did, he'd have the same result as MSN. There has to be a point where you actually begin to is it um, it's like you're insulting the person that came before you but it's not insulting them you're just letting them know that your ways are not my way I don't want to follow your standard and your style so the best rapper amongst rappers is just going to be the guy that doesn't respect KRS-One I'm not going to I get that he's a lyricist but I'm not going to have it there are political moments where we can pay homage but in the mind of this person he's the best and he's going to go on a journey to establish what he believes is the best it's a discovery you're looking for more a discovery moment so if you want to be the first billionaire in the nation you actually have to experiment more with finances than a pastor on your pastor sam or whoever unless you beat the standard of the people in front of you then you can't call yourself a billionaire it's wishful thinking do you understand so as soon as abraham starts this journey is the moment where he's not rating anything in his dad's house anymore just reduce it a little bit he stops rating the things in his dad's house Why? Because he's looking for something. That's called the born again experience. The moment where you get consumed with knowledge to a place where you walk into a discovery. 
You absorb so much knowing about something till that thing leads you into something else. Are you with me, guys? So take me to um, the Ecclesiastes. I'll begin to round up from there. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 this from verse 12. This is one of my most favorite scriptures in the world. Go on. I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. Thank you. It says, I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. And remember that I just said to you now that the role of the teacher is the role of God. But let's see how he became a teacher. Go ahead. I applied my mind to study and to explore. What did he do? Guys, what did he do? Did he pray? Did he go into a night vigil? <laughs> I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom that all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I applied my mind. Go on. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. Mm -hmm. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I applied my mind to study. So it's economic leadership class. So I'm asking you, if you're a CEO, if you're a student or whatever you are, and you want to take yourself to the next level of something, you want a born-again experience in your business, but have you applied your mind? Or are you um, relying on an anointing? You don't work hard enough for you to be the greatest sports entertainment person in the UK, William. You don't. Or let me remove the word work. You don't have enough knowledge. That's just the simple truth. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I'm not called to. Forget that. See, just dump certain thing in the bin. It's a, I'm not, uh, maybe I'm not called to. <laughs> it's not about you're not called to. You don't have enough knowledge. You have not applied. The, the ability, the, 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 the um, action of application you know what it means to apply yourself? It's intentional. It is done in all consciousness. It is that you are well aware, you're self-aware that I choose to be the best in this thing, I'm going to apply myself. I choose to be number one in this thing, so I'm applying myself. I'm going to apply myself to produce this result. To end the year with another million pounds, I'm going to apply myself to the scheming of another million pounds. I'm not going to leave it to the chance because I'm a scientist. I'm going to apply myself to the learning, to the gathering of information, to the researching, to discover, to find, to create the eureka moment. The born again moment of making an extra million pounds or 10 million pounds. What do you want to read? The voice translation. Go on. I, the teacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. Uh -huh. 
I decided to seek out and study the wisdom of the ages, uh -huh. of all that had been done under the heavens. Uh -huh. I soon discovered the harsh realities of the work God has given us that keeps us so busy. Read that 13 again. I decided to seek out and study the wisdom of the ages, of all that had been done under the heavens. Uh, you, <laughs> this guy became a teacher because he decided to sit down and study the wisdom of the ages. To become the ruler in your space, the God in your space, is not a calling. Because can we all agree that Mark Zuckerberg does not tune into Thursday Night Word? But he's leading in your social media space. He's just applied himself more than you. So he's the teacher. How do I dispel and displace the teachers that are there now? With the word that I'm receiving, I should be applying myself more. Even more. I should have more application to the words that I'm hearing. And merging the words that I'm hearing with the things of this world to produce a result. That makes me a teacher. The teacher is the God of this space. Why? He holds the curriculum of your space. If Vogue decide that we will be wearing rocket ships tomorrow, it just takes one magazine. It just takes one London Fashion Week. And you have someone wearing um, feathers from their ears. Then you guys will come and say, Ah, have you seen the new thing? You will now be putting feather on your ear. Then, then it becomes a trend. I wonder how we get programmed year by year. It's, it's kind of annoying. Next year, they're going to decide what we'll be wearing. I'm telling you, and the color. If you're not wearing dark colors next year, you're finished. You are not going to be cool. The color that Pastor Faye is wearing, all these um, nude colors, all these earthy colors, I think it's them Kanye West that came out with all these funny weird colors because of the shoes. See? Yeah. And then it became a, a, a statement because the teacher is there. He's just setting curriculum. Imagine someone that can wake up from their bed and just decide how half the world looks. I think this is how we should all look this year. So you don't actually, your role as a scientist is you're gathering information, knowledge, so that you can prove your class to be a better class than the one that exists now. It's economic leadership class and I will leave you on that note. And begin to round up from here. As scientists, your role is in all your experience of running a business and being a house leader, sowing seed at the same time as paying staff. You've come up with a new way to make finances out of the thing that you're leading. You've understood that your research and your, uh, and your experimentation as a scientist 
is the whole world around you. You're applying the word to every situation and circumstance to achieve a certain result. I'm telling you, the moment of realization, the moment of discovery, when I realize I can never be broke. You don't understand that, what kind of tension that is. Let me say it to you again. When you wake up finally and realize this gold house is the least level of house you can ever live in. When you wake up and realize that no one you owe has the guts to take your life, we will just sit on the table and talk about this thing. You know, my friend Donald Trump said something. They were interviewing him. And the woman tried to insult him by saying, yeah, but you call yourself the king of debt. And he replied to her, no, no, no. No, she said to him, Hillary Clinton calls you the king of debt. So he got upset and he said, no, 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 no. Actually, I called myself the king of debt. Because I like debt. It's good for me. It's good for my business. I love it. You know the way he talks. <laughs> And she said, why? He said, because with debt, all I need to do is renegotiate my debt. Guess what I do? I borrow, and he gave example. I love this guy. He said, what do I do? I borrow a billion dollars, and then I tell my, the person who borrowed me the billion dollars, I tell them, hey guy, the economy is crashed, I only owe you 500 million. You're not clocking it. Only, maybe some money people will clock what I said. You know, it takes a certain level of epiphany for you to realize the moment the money touches my hand that you're giving me, I only owe you, if you gave me 100K, I only owe you 10K now. What are you going to do about it? The economy is crashed. COVID is ravaging everybody. You just start, he just starts throwing excuses into the air. What a madman. <laughs> oh yeah, dispute it now. Is there no COVID? You say, my grandma has died. This person has happened. This, 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 this. I know you gave me 100, but it's 10. It's 10. Sorry. You as the investor, will you not just say, yes, sir? Please, just be giving me the 10 when you're ready because I don't want to get zero. Moments of realization when you realize that the things that, were, that you were told this thing was going to break you, for God's sake, you're afraid of 2K. You're afraid of 2,000 pounds. They made you feel like it's a moment of promotion to earn 100k a year. And these guys are paying someone in your company 1 million pound bonus because they know you don't realize. You've not had the epiphany moment yet. The epiphany moment is the moment where Christ realized, I'm not going to die. I'll come back. Okay, let's do this. He has to keep on encouraging himself to keep himself in the state of epiphany. How does he keep on encouraging himself? Words. Words. Keeps on encouraging himself with words to let him know you're coming. Don't worry. This all ends with you coming back. It's going to be the greatest thing ever discovered in mankind that we don't actually die then leave it to men to, to get to your level. 
You know all this making of new leg and new hand is just us trying to get to his level of... <laughs> anyway, I'm struggling to explain myself. If you get me, you get me. So there are moments of epiphany, moments of realization that the word will bring you into that you will seize from fear in certain things. Completely seize. You will carry yourself greater than the teacher, whoever is teaching in your space at the time. You carry yourself greater. It's only a matter of time till your curriculum comes into action. When you say to yourself, forget king of death, I'm the god of death. Forget king of death. Trump says, I'm the god, as in, if there is a god called death, I will be the one to appear. And they should be praying to me. Oh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying that. Why? Because debt is still money. I think I'm going there by mistake anyway. But I didn't want to ever share these things with you guys. But I shouldn't do it. No, it's the word. We have to share the word. If not, you don't get new words. When you realize that debt is still money, you won't be afraid of debt. You know, if you say you don't have, if you say you lost 100K, guess what? You lost 100K. Someone out there that lost 50 pounds, only lost 50 pounds. In the world of credit, you can only be credited according to what you've ever lost. So already you set yourself a level playing field of if anything is ever going to come in to replenish me, it has to be this number. So you see the debt people are so smart. They acquire debts because with debts they can get credit. It's still a resurrection thing. It's still, if you don't have, you can have. It's, it's a bit more technical than this. But I'm just trying to show you that there is two types of balance sheet. If you can realize that there's a balance sheet that says you, you have lost. It did not say you don't have. You have lost and you have are two different playing fields from you don't have. If I have lost, it means I had. Those who give out credit will then say, but this person is good to the tune of this much. This is the amount of credit they can hold. They've expanded themselves to this level. They can at least hold 2 million pounds or 10 million so the next time credit comes, it comes to fill the void that you gave away. Well, anyway, it's not, that's not leadership cluster. Maybe that one is too technical. So I'm just saying to you guys here that the more you discover new things by the word, don't be afraid, it's fine. Via the word, you put yourself in situations to allow yourself to come to moments of epiphany, 
to make you a new creation. Don't stop exposing yourself to the word and moments of the word. Don't stop spending time with your teacher. Some of you, your leader is the best thing that ever happened to you. PT is the best thing that ever happened to me. Some of you, it's your leader that introduced you to 50K, 100K, 200K. The reason why you can even start thinking of 1 million is your leader. Meaning your teacher. And you're supposed to keep yourself in the moment of that learning with that person so that you can continue to move into new things. If not, you stop being creative. You think you've received your own life and you've received your own um, responsibility now and you're a responsible person, but you don't understand that you left school early. I'll leave it at that. Show me the presentation as I begin to round up. Very quickly. You can do the split screen. Just wanted to share this with you guys. Knowledge-based systems lead you to knowledge-based epiphany. That's the born-again experience. You can write that down so you can know what it will take you to take yourself to the next level in your life. It's knowledge, the word. The word. The knowing of the word. Yeah? Um, so I, I, I've pointed out some scientists that we can look at. I'm not going to read everything, but Isaac Newton being one of them. Now, these guys came up with um, solutions. They solved certain problems. But I just want to show you his background because sometimes we don't see the background of the people. And then you, you can use their white skin or whatever or thinking they're rich to... Um, disqualify yourself. But it says, Isaac, so Isaac Newton was separated from his mother, meaning he um, was either an orphan or he only grew up with his parents or so a single parent house. And his pronounced psychotic tendencies have been ascribed to his traumatic, to this traumatic offense. So he had, he used to have um, like, um, what do they call it? like see stuff and things like that. Things that maybe in the current church today you would say that he's demon-possessed. But that's the background of this great scientist that changed the world. You can go to the next slide. And this is Albert Einstein. And I like his background. It says he was deeply religious at age 12 even coming from, even composing several songs in praise of God and chanting religious songs on his way to school. That's how he started. This began to change, however, after he read science books that contradicted religious beliefs. This challenge to, this, this challenge to establish authority left a deep and lasting impression. So, um, I would just say that he was able to evolve to what we read today. Scientists are just another point of evolution in our relationship with the word. So science does not contradict the word. 
but it does contradict religion. Religion is very cultural, but science does not contradict the word because it's scientists that discover the things that the word has hidden for them to be discovered by scientists in this world. I'm not going to read the rest of what he did because, of course, many world-impacting moments like um, the atomic bomb and things like that were down to the things that he discovered. He discovered so much that people could go to war with his, with his discovery and with his mathematical equations. And I'm just saying that that's the situation we're in right now. Because as the family, as the pulse, as the connect, as the COD wealth, as the life, as the elite, as the power base, we continue to make some things new and come up with things as if they've already been there. But the truth of the matter is, they are our discoveries from the word. Okay, guys? That's all for today, this afternoon. Let me just see your comments. Let me just see your comments if you've been tuned in with us all this while as we begin to round up. It's been a great session. I know that... Um, it's Saturday. It's a day where really and truly you're preparing for the Sunday. It's going to be an awesome service. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. Of course, a happy birthday again to all those who are celebrating their birthday today. And Sunday is going to be extremely powerful. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have our elite service. It's an elite service, elite prosperity service Sunday. It's going to be awesome. And, and I'm sure you're all prepared and, and ready for the service. Uh, I believe it's 400 people registration. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear the word. The word continues to change my life. The word continues to make me new. The word continues to give me epiphany, moments of realization that I can do more than I thought I can. Makes me bolder in certain situations. Makes me value certain people as they should be valued. Makes me consider situations that, are, that look frightening as opportunity. Makes me take advantage of my family house to be a school Every family house is a school, a place where you can train young people. You can train yourselves to be better and be bolder and be sharper. The word allows us to do these things. And I, I, those are a few things from me, but I'm sure those of you all tuned in, you all have what the past two days have done for you. And for me, the past two days have set me on a tangent of, of economical building and economy building because I, I just feel I understand debt a little bit more than the average person and a little bit more than I did before. And it's made me bolder. It's made me uh, so much bolder, guys. I, and I hope you're also falling into your epiphany moment. That's what this word was for. I hope all of you were hearing the word in the last two days and you were all able to become born again in a new aspect of your life. Be conscious when you're hearing the word so that you're not just hearing it for excitement. 
take the word so that you can change in an aspect of yourself and that change will benefit other people. So I'm just telling you a change that's happened for me. And I'm making sure I'm putting it into action. So I'm sure you two then should be doing the same thing. I love you all. I'm not sure I will get the call today because I know PT is, I know PT is, um, is out um, with the rest of the team. So I think I'll just leave you on that note. Guys, it's been awesome. You can leave the comments still for me. Okay, yeah, I don't think the call coming. Okay, I love you all. Take care. Have an awesome afternoon. Peace.